Okay, well, we're back after a, what was it, three-week hiatus? Um, and we would like to, to wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas, belatedly. And a, ha- and a happy Chihulalula. Yes. Uh, Dorothy and Agatha also want to wish you a, a Merry Floofmas. And, uh, no, so I, I got sick. I got, I got the plague. Uh, but not the plague that you're all thinking of. It was just a regular plague. <laughs> and she got the sniffles. I, yeah, well, I mean, honestly, it was the fever and the body aches for me. Like, you know, when you have a cold, it's no big deal. Like, your nose is running like a faucet, but you can still do stuff. Yeah. But as soon as you throw in a fever, I feel like you're completely incapacitated. Certainly can be. So it, it took me quite a bit to get over that. And now I got to, like, build all my good habits again. Yeah, I think we this talked is the about fr- this. Yeah. This is so frustrating, though, when you get sick. And, like, it's fine to have setbacks in life. Like, that's going to happen. Yep. But um, my drawing every day yep. went out the window. Uh, my workouts went out the window. Because, obviously, I go in class to do hot yoga. Yep. I don't want to get other people sick. But also, I don't want to overdo my body that it can't heal. Yeah. Uh, rebuild all those habits, like showering weekly. Yeah. No, no, that's a real thing. No, honestly, it's really... If you're someone with uh, chronic illness, uh, you know that already it's difficult to keep on top of that. And then you throw on another, um, like a flu, like another virus mm-hmm. on top of that. It makes it that much harder. And it, it leads to stress because you, you feel like you're not a real human anymore. <laughs> so you're just a walking blob they really shouldn't because we're pretty sure you weren't a real human ever oh no i mean for other people though oh okay yes i'm not talking yeah no 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 not not for myself but uh other other people so no i'm hoping to rebuild habits and uh start in the new year building building more habits but we'll see we're back talking about food movies if you missed our last one uh we discussed uh Two food movies, two of the best. We're going to be talking about the best food movie. And we got warmed up for this. We had to eat something, you know, get in the spirit. Uh, and so we, we just polished off a delicious platter of sausages and crackers and... Pâtés. Pâtés, which is, is perfect for the French aspect of, mm-hmm. of the movie. That oh, we're going charcuterie, to be. right? Charcuterie, yeah, exactly. Deli- mean, I could mean... eat charcuterie every day. Like, yeah. it's so delightful. Of the pig. Thank you, Mr. Piggy. Oh, is that what it means? Of the pig? Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I do think it's it's uh, it's become such a thing now, and people mock it. And, like, it's funny because, like, they used, people used to mock just the little, like, laying out sausages and some nice cheeses. And now people are, are mocking the gorgeous spreads that people do, you know, with, like... Oh, they some, do like, yeah. You know how they get so gorgeous sometimes? Like, it's... You know, like, why are you mocking that? Like, mm. there's nothing to mock here. There's only things to enjoy and partake of i don't, i love i i love i mean i i'm such a tactile person like mm-hmm. that's my favorite in anything so like when food is grabbing it with your hands and but also that you're sharing it with everybody like to me that's yeah. what makes pizza one of the most perfect foods ever is because like you you're eating it with your hands and i mean not only is it like delicious bread with like scrumptious toppings on it but you're also like pulling from everybody else's pizza and you're you know you're sharing it sometimes 
Yeah, I, I can't think. Huh. Have I ever had an individual pizza? I didn't show Like at anybody? a restaurant. Maybe. But I, probably somebody stole some. Although, yeah. my best pizza story, like... <clears throat> <laughs> individual pizza story yeah. is after competing in jujitsu. Uh, the only thing I had to eat all day was a couple bananas and an apple. Oh, and the competition got done and it was about seven o'clock at night. And I went and got myself an 18 inch pizza with all the meats and <laughs> mushroom yep. and lots of cheese on there. Yeah. And I ate the whole 18 inch pizza. Wow. With the beer. I bet. Yep. Wow. It, it was it was like a reward. Well, yeah. Well, you knew you were... Oh, never mind. Well, we'll move on. I have questions about your decisions in life. Hey, you know what? I was <laughs> able to eat an 18-inch pizza all by myself. <laughs> and that is the real victory. That is the real victory. That is the real victory. Nobody here. cares that you only got bronze in a three-person nope. division. Yep. Does not matter. Nope. Let's, let's talk about the best food movie that we have seen. And that is Babette's Feast. And I have to already apologize, or not apologize, but uh, this is a foreign film. So it's it's in Danish. And Isn't it technically in Dansk? Maybe. maybe. Like, they, da- the Danish people speak Dansk. Okay, right? well then that, that would be correct then. Yeah, I think that's correct. So, when where I would typically play an audio clip... I can't do so because I, I'm assuming that nobody listening is is speaking well, Dansk. I don't know how to pronounce it. But, oh well, yeah. well, why are you at, why are you adding that? I, well, I just I, I don't I, think anybody is Danish who is listening to this. And uh, but if you are, thank you very much. For yeah, listening. thank you for listening, uh, Danish people. We we certainly do appreciate and you. And thank you for your your contri- contributing the best food film to. to yes. The world. Yes. So uh, there will be limited uh, audio clips. I think you uh, you could probably do like the sound clips of them them eating and, and the lady clink, 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 and clink. The, the the one lady who likes the wine so much and she keeps slurping it. Yeah, but it's more like her face glowing is the I can't sh- I don't know it, it makes it difficult people and I'm a little bit sad about it. Uh, but we will be reading parts uh, dialogue from from the movie, so you know where where we think it's important. Right. Uh, but there there's going to be limited sound clips, which makes me a little bit sad. I'm sure some of you are happy, but I'm I'm mostly sad. So. But yeah, and all you people who complained about too many audio clips being thrown in there. Yeah, this this episode's this one's for, for you. you. This is just for you. Yeah. Uh, no, and I I love watching, uh, and it's funny because uh, prepping for this, I'm like, oh, this is the clip I'm going to use, and I was trying to get ahead and and save the the audio clips, and then I was watching it and saving it, and I realized that they weren't speaking English. Yeah. Because of course I'm reading it with subtitles, and I'm saving it, and I'm like. Oh, this is not going to make any sense. <laughs> so, I mean, that that tells you that you, it doesn't. It's not hard to watch. No, you definitely still get immersed in it. Yeah. So it, it's it's not. Um, so, anyways, that that all being said, that that took me a long time to say something that didn't need to be said. Very <laughs> didn't have to be said at all, really. Yeah, no, no, it didn't. But I just wanted to throw that out there. It just. Throwing it out there, Megan just exercises futility daily. I do, I do. It's, uh, I feel like, uh, Sisyphus. Hello and welcome to the Ducks Never Waver Lunch Break. 
where you get food for thought and can rejuvenate to sally forth. Join the dynamic duo, Edwin and Megan, as they explore topics of gravitas and pomp, brought to the brink of absurdity and thrown off, down, down, down the precipice of ridiculousness. Alright, so getting back to Babette. And her feast. Yes. Would you like to give a little uh, short plot summary? And synopsis? Like kind of, synopsis. Right. And kind of give us like the main characters of it and so on and so forth. So in a tiny hamlet, we see the stage of a small community that is Puritan in nature. And the story revolves around the minister and his two children. His two daughters, Martina and Philippa, named after Martin Luther, and Philip Melanchthon. They're just doing their own quasi-Puritan life. Just, yeah, leader, just go- leader of community. Uh, he's, you know, the pastor. Yep. And uh, living a life life of prayer. Mm-hmm. I would think. I think what you would see. It's interesting because Does part of the reason that. I think the Puritan and austere living, uh, and you get these these theologies of, of being very Puritan, where like the earthly world is not so good or not something to be enjoyed. It seems to come out of these places where it's pretty barren and mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if like the setting kind of like imposes something upon the belief system that people have, right? That would make sense. I mean, your location does change how you think. Yeah, it shapes it shapes you. And I mean, that's what we've talked about before. Authors having a good sense of place like that yeah. changes their novel. Like when you read a Faulkner, it is his sense of place that makes Faulkner Faulkner. Like not only does he have very interesting characters and like wonderful tales, but it, it is his understanding of his place. Um, that mm-hmm. makes him who he is, right? Yeah. Like that's so. I that would make sense that the the place also um, at least in, at least informs. for at least for the viewer also like informs a lot for you. Yeah. Um. Is is this barren, desolate? Is windy? There's not a lot of resources. A lot has to be like sh- shifted. There's in. not a lot of soundtrack to this movie. No, it's very much like the, 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 the wind, wind and then it's also like the church music. Yeah. Um, but there's not a lot of... No, ambiance. Ambiance music, music. music. No. no. Stage I, th- I think music. I think, what's the term? Non-diegetic. Ooh. Is the movie, I'm pretty sure it's the, is the movie term non-diegetic, which is mu- music that we hear, but the characters don't. Yeah. So it's mostly diegetic music. Then we're introduced to Lawrence. Who is a? Isn't he at that time? He's in the army. He's, he's kind of he's a, waste, a cadet. He, he's kind of a cadet. Yeah, he's kind of a wastrel. He keeps you know gambling all his money away, and so then he's he's kicked back to his aunt, who's in this desolate place, and he's mm-hmm. like, oh, this is gonna be awful. And yeah, you know, I think a lot of uh, young men have been like, get straightened out by that young, you know. Yeah. Go go to the uncle or the aunt and get straightened out, okay? And yes. they're like, oh, whatever. But then he he arrives in this village and he is blown away by the the beauty of Martina. Yes. And so he, f- for a time, you know, involves himself in the community 
yeah, involves himself and tries to win her hand at marriage, mm-hmm. but that just doesn't happen. Well, the the father forbids marriage. Yes. And that's even earlier on that he forbids marriage because there's two guys who, like, grew up in the in the village and who are interested in, in Martina and Philippa. And he's mm-hmm. like, no. No. You're not going to date my daughters. They're not going to get married. Yeah, which we can discuss further on. But do you think that's because nobody was ever good enough or just because it was kind of a I th- cloister where marriage wasn't encouraged? So other people there get married. Yeah. It's not that. I think he is, like, so against earthly pleasure and the his daughters are his disciples so they have to be like more pure or something mm-hmm. like that like they're yeah they have to carry on his work and to do something so base and earthly as getting married uh which i'm going to interject here just a moment the movie is based off of a short story and when we are talking about themes and ideas that we're pulling we are only talking about the movie um i went down the YouTube rabbit hole and they were talking about the differences between the movie and the, the, the short story. And obviously they're going to have different messages because different people are making it involved with that. And yeah. So different like you mediums get... and exactly. So we are not talking about the short story. Maybe someday we'll read it and we'll talk about it. Yeah. This is not going to be a comparison between the two, the two. It's, it's just what we see it's in the a movie. standalone. Yes. Yes. All right. So Lawrence comes and he he ingratiates himself, um, but when he doesn't get what he wants, uh, he's like, "Okay, f- kind of forget this." Yeah. Uh, it's not going anywhere it's with Martina, and this I... is the, this is kind of hopeless and going nowhere. So he throws himself into well, if I can't be happy, because he he sees a chance for him to actually be happy. Right. I can actually be happy believing this, uh, like being in this faith. I can actually see myself being happy uh, with, with Mar- Martina. Yeah. You know, I see the grace of God in her. I could be happy, uh, but I can't have it. So he throws himself into like, well, I'm just going to be the the best military officer I can be. Exactly. So he goes only in for which a lot of young men have done after breakups, where they just throw themselves into work. It's very it, yeah, yeah, it's very much like that. Yeah. Yeah, where it's, you know, I just want to be the richest. I just want to be the most popular. He he marries advantageously. Is that the right word? Yeah. Advantageously. Yeah. Uh, you know, he he plays up all the important people. Like, oh, this person's religious. I know how to talk religious. So yeah. he, he basically uses what he learned uh, in this village to, like, manipulate other people. Yeah. Um, and, and to... You know, because, like, oh, this... this you know, like, this well. woman is so godly. I'm going to... I'm... You know, it was, what what did they say in the movie? It was of the time to be pious. Yeah. So he played up his piety so that he would get advanced because that was the popular thing to do is to be super pious. Yeah. So that's what he does. Then... Next, we get the French singer comes into town. Pepin. How does he end up there again? So he is getting older and he is a very famous opera singer but it's not it's not feeling like it used to he basically goes through a midlife crisis okay of you know this isn't i it's kind of like i'm going through the motions and like the music isn't hitting me like it it used to and so i need to be alone and figure out it, my it, my life 
And then he goes to this village and uh, his depression gets way worse. <laughs> Not surprising. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm going to go here, you know, and, and, you know, think for a little bit and feel better about my life. And it has the opposite effect because yeah. he just sees the desolation and how insignificant he is and yeah. how small it is. And he's like, well, dang. Okay. <laughs> but uh, he, then he wanders into the church. Right. And where he sits down and they're, they're singing as part of the service and he hears Philippa singing. And all of a sudden... It's like he's found his muse again. Yes. So Philippa becomes his muse and he straight away says, oh, can I teach your daughter to sing? You know, she yes. has such a beautiful well, gift and it will praise the Lord if, you know, she gets better at singing. And, I mean, Philippa's also remarked upon for being beautiful too. And he, both, he, both of them are, yeah, like, yeah. rare beauties. Yeah, especially for this desolate little hamlet. Yes, but, like, even people who had been out in the world yeah. thought they were extremely gorgeous. Yes. It's not just that she could sing pretty good. She, he yeah. wants to get to know her. Yes, but yeah. she also, like, has, like, this rare voice, like, this yes. gorgeous gorgeous voice so then he's teaching her how to sing but also in a way seducing her and eventually he says to her well okay you're you're good enough come come to me and i will make you the most famous opera singer ever and she says no yeah and so then papan leaves brokenhearted yep but he he continues to sing um, and so his ca- career kind of continues, and we'll we'll come back to Pepin in a minute. Yeah, and it is, this movie takes the span of basically a whole lifetime. Mm-hmm. So it's split between the 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 women being, I don't know, what would you say, like twenties? Yeah. And then to them being very old. Sixties. Sixties ish. I don't know. Whatever you think, like, would be oldish. Yes. Like, still still active and doing stuff, but aged. Yes. However old your parents are, that's yeah. how old they are. Yeah. But- <laughs> Doesn't matter how old your parents actually are, but that's... Yeah, that's the whole thing with age, right? Like, old is whatever is, what, 15 years older than you? Yes. You know? So, yeah. like, as you just age, like, that, that mark of old... It just keeps moving up. They, they, they're wrinkly and gray. Yes. <laughs> so, whatever that... But in, in those harsh environments, they could have been 35. I know, I, I know, right? And they're just over. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> but that, I think that's an interesting layer to this movie is how seamlessly it, it, it goes back and forth in time. Mm-hmm. And it, it's... Yeah, I don't know. It, it's kind of exploring the past so that you can you um, get to... Yeah, it's hard to together. know exactly what is present day in that movie too, a little bit because you're mm. so immo- immersed in the in the past. Mm-hmm. And the past is the present and the future all in one. Yes. Yeah. It's a little bit of one of those things where you can't understand the present unless you know what happened in the past. Yeah. And you don't have a a future. So, and also it's, it's like young people, right? You have to have like the young people and they, they have to splinter and kind of go their way. And then at the end of the movie, all of those ideas come back together with fuller understanding. So you kind of have an aspect where it's old people looking back on their life and understanding it. 
Like, it's kind yes. of like they have a revelation. Things are revealed to them. Mm-hmm. Especially to, I think, Lawrence is the one who realizes the most and changes the most at the very end. Right. Where everything that he's ever struggled with is put in perspective and he understands why things were the way they were. Yes. Uh, so that's that's interesting thing like you're saying with time yeah. is that you you have to go through time and then you look back and then you're like you have a different understanding of what yes. what happened. Yeah, and the the what you think is it's kind of like in your own life is what you think is happening right now at the moment can be brought to light differently in the future, right? You just like now you can look back on things in your life and you felt like really mad or sad about mm-hmm. them, but then you you come to see them in a different light now. Mm-hmm. So then, looking to the future, you can you know for a fact that you're going to look back on this present day differently. Yeah, because the future is going to change how you how you see this. Yeah, no, that's the that's the interesting thing. Like you, you sometimes see, um, like TV shows where somebody says something to the other and. They're like, why Why did you tell me that? And they're like, oh, what you need to know. And he's like, no, you just changed my whole childhood. Yeah. Because you said that to me. And they're yeah. like, well, no, I needed to tell the truth. But he's like, yeah, but now you've changed. Like, every time I look back on those family memories, I'm going to be thinking about the thing you just told me. Yeah. And so it is interesting, like, how dangerous what we say is. Because, like, you can completely change a memory, which you would think is solidified, but it's ever-changing. Yeah, memories aren't staple. Yeah, because someone can, like, show you a picture and say, this is actually what was going on. Or someone can say, like, this, you know, from my perspective, this is what was going on. And you're like, wait, no, that's not what I remember. I mean, there's whole TV shows based, predicated on this whole differences in time and, like, little detail changes things. Like, I think right away of leverage, right? Sure. Leverage cheats all the time with what's actually happening. Yeah. Because they, they, they show you what's happening and you think everything's going wrong and then they, they show you one little bit of information. Yeah. And then... Oh, and, and Leverage um, steals a lot in the whole concept of the show, but then literally in one of the episodes steals a lot from Rashomon, mm-hmm. which is an idea that you have one, one happening told from, I think it's three, three, four, five perspectives. Yes. Uh, and so you you see how everybody twists it to make them the hero, and they change little details, and it's like the sta- same thing happens, right? But it's very different points, and like who's to blame and what actually went down. Yeah, uh, can you actually ever know? Yeah, is is the the idea? Uh, okay, so let's get back. Let's get back. So now now the ladies are old again, and then this huddled figure comes through the storm to them and we finally get to meet Babette. That's right. We get to meet the French cook who is yes. sent to them by Papin. Yes, which we don't really know who who Babette is, but she has a, a letter of introduction provided from Papin. He basically just says she is um, well qualified to be, you know, in your service. She yep. you know how knows how to cook and how to serve. And all her family has been killed by the revolution here in France. Uh, so please, please give her uh, a place in your home. Yeah, basically. safe harbor. Yeah, you know, provide for her. She is a refugee. Yeah, and the sisters do a little bit apprehensively. Yeah, but they're like I think they're mostly apprehensive because they can't pay her. 
for any yes. services. They're right? a little bit nervous of like we're too poor. Yeah. But Babette requires no no payment, and they give her a, a room, and she starts to serve them. And I think this is, and this is where we start actually seeing more food. I mean, the the movie opens with like someone grabbing a, a smoked smoked fish. Yeah. Uh, but this is where we really, since Babette is a cook, uh, we start seeing seeing more of the food coming to play, and so she has to learn what the the sisters expect. Right, and the, the sisters have really devoted their whole life to charity and good works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they are now like their father is dead at this point and they are the leader of of this community. They yes. are the leaders, like spiritual leaders. Yes. And so they are the ones they're basically elder deacon all in all in one. Yep. And they're they're tending to the sick and the poor. Yeah. And giving out meals. Mhm. And they're teaching Babette how to do this yes. so that she can help them. And it's it's the mo some of the most entertaining stuff, right? It is really they, funny to sit and she's like, okay, and the, of course there's a language barrier to start with. So right. then like, like you have to boil it, boil this. And Babette's looking at this brown bubbling liquid and he's like, yeah. she's like, okay, boil it. Okay. Yeah, yeah I got that. <laughs> I got that. You boil everything here. Yes. <laughs> You just keep boiling it. It's, uh, you know, what? What did I think it was Voltaire who said about the English? They have five religions and one sauce, and that's kind of where Babette's been thrown into another culture that's very much like that. They yeah, have. and we touched on it earlier, but this is a very agnostic, Puritan. Anything serving the flesh is bad. Yeah. So not only uh, from a a setting or like a landscape perspective that you're, but you eat very simply. Yes. You know, like their, their staple is to have dry bread that's boiled down to, into like a, a sludge. Yes. That you, you eat bread this, soup, bread soup. Yeah. And that you, you eat basically just smoked fish, smoked fish. Like it's very bare minimum kind of eating. Yeah. But that's everything in their life is like, you don't bare minimum. bare minimum. There's very little color. Yes. Very little furnishings. It's this kind of like, and they're always singing about uh, the new Jerusalem. Like everything is about heaven, like going going to heaven. You don't think about anything on earth. It's just make your way to heaven. Yeah. Uh, and so Babette is thrown into this place and right. she has, has to adapt. Yeah. And I think maybe that's also partly why everybody's a little bit like, apprehensive of Babette because everybody knows that the French people, they're, yep. they're Catholics. Yes. We're very body people. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they, they so know and they are apprehensive of her, but she quickly endears herself, endears herself, especially to the poor because right. she starts making these broths and these soups that are actually delicious, that are and delicious and nourishing and they, they love it. And it's, it's very uh, interesting how in the narration they say like, not only were the poor people doing better because of like the food she was making, but Martina and Philippa were uh, saving money. Like somehow Babette was so smart and so and thrifty and so able thrift to make more from less. Yeah, and so that the the women were having more money they'd ever had before, so that they could help more poor people and yes. they could do more. And you see, like one where. You know, they kind of so, they kind of like treat her as a foreigner and like, oh, I'm gonna get you know you to pull you know pay full price for this, and she's like, no, 
I'm not paying any more than this. Yeah. And it's just the way she smacks down this this fishmonger. And he's like, okay, you can have it. And then the next woman comes up and says, yeah, you'll give me that price. And he's like, no. And she pays him the full price. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so you see that, like, Babette is, is this personality that people want to be around. And, like, she she's very good at traversing personalities. Like, she's, yes. she's good at making bargains, but also not in a way that makes people upset, upset. at her. Because yeah. the fishmonger's not upset at her. He's no. kind of like laughing like, oh, that's Babette. Right. And you also the, 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 for, the realizes that it's actually going to the poor, too. And that's the thing, too. The whole village mm. love what they call the little sisters. Yeah. Uh, and that, that comes out clearly before the final meal. But everybody loves the little sisters, so they also know, like, well, you know, the little sisters have taken in Babette. So, so I'm going to help Babette, too. Like, right. they kind of this act together of around her. Yeah. But it, it's kind of like Babette is the one true Babette brings a generative source into this community, right? Because like yeah. now now there's the people are the little sisters have more, they can do more. Mm -hmm. Uh she is making the poor thankful for the help they're getting. Cuz honestly, yes, on, there's like, a lack of thankfulness for sure. Yeah. But yeah. but maybe that's like it's an interesting thought, right? Because like the, the the sisters devote themselves to to good works and helping the poor and everything, mm -hmm. but they do it in such a way that nobody's really too thankful for the help they're getting. Yeah. So maybe maybe think about but that. Like, is that kind of the deadening of their emotions, though? Like, do you think that's the like you don't even want to be enthusiastically thankful because? That's acknowledging, like, your bodily needs. Maybe. But it's also really hard to be thankful for boiled bread. That's true, too. Well, and, and it's that, is that, are you thankful for when something does the bare minimum? Yeah. Like, you know, like, and that's, and that's the thing, too, like, that we try to do here with the products that we sell at Ducks Never Waver, is to give you something that does serve a need, but also goes above that. Yeah, it's supposed to because like when relish some, in beauty. Because like you can have a box that holds things, right? Like and its job is to hold things, or you can have a box that holds things plus plus plus, right? right. Like that that adds like beauty and tells a story, and you know I can add. So it's it's interesting how it's it it both serves a function. mm Hmm. Uh, but it can be more than just functional. Like it can be go go beyond just the practical. And I think if you just get stuck in the pragmatic, like you're saying, it's not going to last. And that's actually the point of this community. This community's yeah. pragmatic. It is, and, and the it's problem, dying out. And it's dying. It's falling apart as slowly. Like it looks good at first, but then slowly, as the movie progresses, you see it it falling apart. How really silly things are become like becoming huge rifts in this community in this community and like people are divided and even like they their numbers have dwindled and there's no there's no joy there's no joy anywhere and that's that's the thing to notice uh there's there's no recreation in the village there's you, no children you don't see children you don't see art you don't even see things growing yeah like it's it's always like the same level of like dead you know, yeah. and I mean that is uh, that Scandinavian landscape in the winter. Yeah, but you're but not. But it's winter really, all the time. Yeah, exactly. You're not really presented with like here's a spring, new life. It's, it's not 
really a seasonal. Yeah. You don't see that cycle in the landscape of death and rebirth. Yeah. You you see people who are old. It's full of old people. Like when when you go to the the time where Martina and Philippa are older women, everyone are everyone is old. Yeah. And uh, they they have the their church services. I guess yeah, church services in in their house. Yeah. And they're they're having their Lord's Supper. And while the bread and the wine is being passed around, you, you have these splinters of people sniping at each other. Yeah. What's supposed to be communion and the, mm-hmm. the unity of the the congregation mm-hmm. coming together to eat is just showing the rifts within this community. Yeah. And then Martina and Philip are kind of like, what what do we do? We're doing our best. Yep. Why, why can we not keep people together? Like what? So it's becoming more and more of a problem. Yeah. That these these people are, yeah. This is. There's no forgiveness in this community. Yes. Yeah. And it's interesting how, to me, the lack of forgiveness also goes with the lack of joy, and I think that's what, ultimately, when we come to Babette's feast, which this movie is about, that's it's it's fixing these problems in this community and how joy. And thanksgiving go hand in hand with forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it all comes together. And you can't have joy without forgiveness. And you can't have forgiveness without joy. Yeah. And that's what I think to, to move along in the story then is Babette uh, wins. A lottery. A lottery. 10,000 franc. Yep. And she says, well, you know... Uh, the sisters then assume basically she's going back to France and she's going to yeah because she's won she... all this money why would she stick around us yeah. poor people right uh, so that's that's good and then she she comes and I think pers- what's really important detail here is that this is fourteen years later mm-hmm. this is how long Babette has been with them for fourteen years and for the most part doing everything their way. Yeah. Like, there's very minor, like, yeah, she changes, like, the bread sludge to be soup. Yeah. But there's very minimal changes. Yeah. But then Babette comes up to them, and this is all also in the light of it being the anniversary of their father's, is it birth or death? I think, I think death. Okay. No. I can't remember. That is, that is, yeah, I can't remember. So it's, it's one of those. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> can't have one without the other and uh so they they're also planning the celebration to to remember it's a it's a remembrance party yeah uh for their their father and she comes up to them babette comes up to them and says i would like to throw you a meal like i would like to to serve a meal like what i did in france yes uh that would you know i want to contribute this and of course they right away think we don't have money to, for it. Right. They're like, oh, well, we don't have money for fancy food. Yeah. And Babette said, don't worry about it. This is what this is on Th- me. This is on me. You, you've given me so much. Uh, you've become my family when my family is gone. Uh, let me, you know, do this for you. And they feel beholden to her and say, okay, well, I guess we can't say no. Right. She's, right. Say, she's saying she's going to pay for it. She's going to do all the work. She's been faithful to us for 14 years. Like, this, is no... the, this is goodbye to Babette because yeah. she's obviously going to be moving back to France because she won all this money. Yeah. Uh, so 
We really we, can't we, we say really no. We really can't say no. Right. Well, they kind of want to say no, but they can't. Exactly. They, they do want to, but they, they can't. They're like, well, it's, it's Babette, and we, we really just can't say no. And then Babette starts to prepare for, for all of this. And yes. She goes to France for a while yeah. to gather everything that she needs for it, and it's just escalating. And she's she brings home a, a sea turtle. Yep. It's going to be part of the meal, and live quail, and... Well, the turtle's alive, too, at this point. Yep. So she's, she's bringing more and more and more in, and just Martina and Philippa are horrified. Yes, just aghast and dismayed. This, and they go into the kitchen, and they see all the things that she's doing, and she's like, this is not good. This, this is, is not right. This is terrible. So they, they call a meeting yeah. of, their, of their band, that the, the last survivors of their father's church. Yep. And they come together and in in tears, they're like, we screwed up. Yep. So bad. This um, is just horrible. We, we have led you all into temptation and uh, we didn't know what to say. Yeah. And we're so sorry that we're, we're leading you into this sinful meal and we don't know what to do about it. Yeah. Right? Because it's kind of too late to say anything about it. Yep. But it's wrong. Yeah. And this is the first time... That we see the community pulled together. Yeah. And it's, it's to me, it's so funny because, you know, having seen it, you kind of know how it's going to, you, you know how it's going to end. Yeah. Uh, and so you, you know what Babette is going to bring to them. But this... You know what Babette's going to bring to the table, but... <laughs> no, so, so it's funny, but this is like that, they see the concern of the sisters and then all yeah. of a sudden they're pulled out of their petty selfishness. Yeah. And they're like, for the sisters... Which is kind of interesting are... that the sisters have to even, like, kind of have to deal with helping the poor alone, right? They don't. Yes. It doesn't really seem like any of these members are very helpful when it comes to that. No, they're not. They're just doing their thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, too. But anyways, and yeah, so they, anyway, they pull together. They pull together and they say, don't worry, we will not say anything about the food. Yeah. Uh, we will not take any pleasure. You're in not going to smack her lips or anything. We're we're not. We're going to hate every minute of it, and we're going to all stand together. Yeah. So stand together in hating this. Yeah. Which is kind of, I think, it's a hilarious thing. Yeah. But at least they're standing together. Yeah. They're like, we're going to protect you. We're not going to make a big deal about it. We're going to have sober yeah. faces. Uh, we're not going to drink all the wines, and we're not going to take any pleasure in this meal. Mm-hmm. And even before they go into the, the meal later that day or later that week, uh, they say, remember, remember what you promised. And mm -hmm. so, like, they're all in the room, like, talking to each other. And it's like, remember, yeah. nobody say anything. About the food. About the food. We're all going to yell at you if you say anything about the food. Yeah. Of course, Babette doesn't know this. No, not at all. Although I feel like she has a sneaking suspicion. She's not, she's yes. not particularly put out that they don't like the food. Or don't no. act like that. Yeah. And that becomes a very important point, too. But she is not doing this. She's doing it for them, but she's not put out that they don't like it or they don't understand it or they don't. Like, that's not her concern at all. Right. Uh, also, while Babette is preparing the feast is the first time that we see a, a child. We see a young boy, probably 12-ish. Yeah. So that's very... Helping her. Helping her. Yeah. And he's just incredulous, right? Like, right. he is just, like, excited about all of this. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and so he's kind of a symbol of new life, too. And he's just like, 
trying little things and Babette's teaching him little, you know, tidbits here yeah. and there and saying like, oh, taste this and like taste that. And uh, so that he's getting very excited. So he's going to help serve. Yeah. So they're inviting everybody, but they're also warning them. But the, the one person that they can't warn is the old lady that lives out of town, who is Lauren's aunt. And you have, by some will of fate, Lawrence is also there. Mm-hmm. So Lorenz is, is going to be coming to this to this meal. And he, He's not part of the scheme that to not enjoy it. Exactly. He doesn't know. And the old lady doesn't know. I guess they're not as worried about her because she lives a more worldly life. Or like mm-hmm. she has, you know, she's not in the village as much. Yeah. In the village. Where am I? In the village. What do you want? Information. Whose side are you on? That would be telling. We want information. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got an audio clip in! <laughs> <laughs> yes! I am invincible! Ha <laughs> you, you can't keep me down. Uh, so... Uh, they're not part of the plan, and Lawrence has this beautiful soliloquy in his room looking in the mirror, which is very much like a Kenneth Branagh Hamlet soliloquy type moment. Uh, and it's kind of a similar idea to be or not to be, but Lawrence takes a very ecclesiastical view of life. Like, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. Yeah. And he's like, I've I've gone to the top of my my career, right? And that's all I wanted was the money and the fame, the glory. And it was vanity. It it was nothing. I I know that now mm-hmm. as as an old man. And but he he's still wondering what life is about. He he knows he's missed the mark, right? But he doesn't really understand. It's kind of, you know, in Ecclesiastes is the is the depression of the of the the author like right he's like vanity of vanities but then of course you have to develop the book right and then, right then you he go ca- beyond that you go beyond that but he's kind of like stuck in that useful uselessness yeah like what what is what is this world about like like what was even the point right of my striving of my unhappiness like what what was the point of all of this so he has that and then he's like tonight because he, he's going to see martina again his long lost love mm-hmm. uh He's like, tonight is going to decide everything. Tonight I'm going to know or I'm not going to know. Like, you know, like, it's kind of like yeah. this is, the, he knows deep inside this is the pinnacle moment. This this is going to... Either he's going to understand what things were about and why. Yeah, he's going to understand, like, was my life wasted or not? Yeah. Like, he he's going to, you know, yeah, that's, that's exactly what he's, so he, he goes there looking for something. Mm-hmm. And he and he goes there like he's like okay let's let's find out I'm an old man now let's see what life was actually about yeah and and it's interesting that it's around a meal that you have this retrospection mm-hmm right yeah which we talked about uh, in our previous ones how uh, food brings out those memories and brings out retrospection like it's yeah it's interesting like how. You can build each other up by delighting in the past or figuring out the past. Uh, again, like, it, you know, I've said it so many times, but I love the Faulkner qu- 
quote of the past isn't dead, it isn't even past. Meaning, like, everything perpetuates itself comes out of the past, right? Like, yes. You know, the, the next moment is built on the moment before. Exactly. And it, it's not to mean that you get, you know, sucked into everything was better in the past or, like, just thinking oh, about the past right, or, like... Right belaboring the like the bad things in the past the right good old days either either we go all good old days or we go everything was terrible and the yeah. future will be better that's not my point but the that the, the past is there. connected to it's the con- future exactly to, the past is connected to the future by the present yeah so you you can't have any like it, it works together yeah you know like we've made distinctions of past present future but they all build on each other. Exactly. And, and is not... there ever, like, is there ever future? Like, that's the weird thing, because, like, you can only be in the present. So when the future but... comes, you're in the present, so there is no future. Well, it, it gets confusing even beyond that, because every time we, we talk about the present, like, this is the present. Wait, that that's past now. This is the present. And this right. is the present. And yeah. it, it's, it's, you're either driving through time or time is always marching by you all the time. So you almost are living in the past, in a sense. Yeah, because by the time you're cognizant of the present, it's past. Exactly. Which is why we shouldn't think about time too much, although I really want to have a whole podcast just about time. Yes. And I'm not talking about clocks. I just want to have this conversation. This conversation. For like an hour and a half at we, least. We could. I think we could. I think we'd be... I'm going to get Augustine to come on the show. Um, yeah, and a little Walker per- Percy. And, yes. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, we could also uh, read Hawking's A Brief History of Time. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah. I haven't read that. Have you read no, any I of it? No, I haven't. I haven't... I looked at it once. Well, that's better than me. Good, okay. good on ya. you. You yeah. looked at something once. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> Whereas me, I just have blinders on. I don't yeah. see anything. <laughs> but we'll we'll put that in the book of things. Yeah, to talk exactly, about. exactly. You know, in the new year, we'll talk about time. Okay. So. Sometime. Ex- <laughs> in the future, but yeah. it'll be present when we talk about it. Exactly. And uh, while we're talking about it, it'll be past. And as they <coughs> listen to it, it'll be. Long past. See, we can't help ourselves. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, just, we just said the same things that we said five minutes ago that we said we're going to have a discussion later on about. But that's the thing. We're just ta- stuck in this time loop continuum. Like, it, 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 you know, you, you, you just can't, can't break free. No, we're just stuck here. We're just like, which actually ham- Lawrence is going to talk about is that you can't, you can't bre- break free. We're just on the hamster wheel of time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. All right, so we we have this table that is gorgeously decked out. It, it's got all the perfect crystals, like for each wine that you're gonna have, each yes. drink with it, and then you have like the stack of the plates and the, like the perfect silverware and the gorgeous candles down it, and just very classic. Like just like you think of your classic fancy, fancy, fancy table setting. That's what you got going yes. on. Where do you think she had to buy all of those? Or yes. did she Okay, yeah, she that, did. Yeah, that's part of where the the money went. Okay, is buying all the the proper dishes. Yes. For them to eat on. Yeah. Which is not something we always think about. No, it, but it is true that people more and more are talking about eating with your eyes first, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like and then it goes on to like when you're you're 
entertaining people think about like a center state scape for their table and yeah you do think about your in a lot of times when you have uh people over it's because of like thanksgiving or christmas so you do have decorations in your home yeah so you do you do have the decorations i i think for me what i find like striking in that that we don't really keep is the progression so like you have like six you have the full set of silverware which is like six pieces yeah you know, and you have to know, like, oh, it goes with each courses, and you have the glassware, too, like, that's all set up. And not only does the serving boy need to keep all of it straight, but you're also struck by, um, like, the, the people of the village don't know what to do with it either. So it's, like, it's kind of like, I think you can relate as a modern viewer. Yes. Because we don't have that many opportunities to be that formal. No, we don't. We don't engage in a lot of formal um, no, things anymore. No, casual Friday is supreme. All the time. All the time. And so that's the, the interesting thing that we don't, we don't have that formality. And, but it, it makes for, for comedy as well that these people don't really know what they're doing with it. Right. And of course they turn to Lawrence because he is a military man he would have been he's in the setting. world yes he knows he's he's eaten like this before he has yes. dined like this he is a very famous military figure so he's yeah upper crust he would know how yeah. to do all of this and so they keep looking over to him like how is how is he doing it yeah uh you know and they have like the little you know mistakes here and there and uh but none of it's made a big deal like you know like that's nobody yeah. looks down on them it's just kind of like that that humor, but also fish out of water. They don't know what to make with this. But Lawrence does. Yeah. And he is so enjoying it. Like, first, the first bite, the first taste, he's like, wow. Yeah. This is so good. And he, he you know, goes over to his, you know, uh, dining compatriot, and he's like, isn't this so good? I've well, only, yeah. You know, this is amazing, and, I, you know, this is so tricky to make. Like, I've yeah. had this in other places, and this is by far the best, and he's, yeah. like, going on and on yeah. about it, the, and everyone's just stoically, like... Don't enjoy the food. Don't enjoy the food. Don't even talk about the food, right? Yeah, and so, like, they're almost gagging on it at first. Yeah. Because, like, they're, they're, I don't know, like, trying so hard not to enjoy it that yeah. it's kind of, like, sticks in their craw. Which is hard. Like, it's sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's very sad to see. But then, they they do loosen up. Yeah. As it, as it goes They can't on. help themselves because the the food portrays... Well, what I think the feast is about is the fact that God the Creator created this food. And, like, mm-hmm. the proper use of it is that communion and that fellowship. Yes. Among, among the saints. And that it reflects God's glory that that food is like that yeah it's just too glorious that you cannot respond with anything other than joy yeah there's people who say like oh but is only like the world and only like the sensual pleasures and like the the sisters are only the spiritual and but i i think living in a created world like that's created by god when something is beautiful on earth, it's hard not to enjoy that. And that's what they're facing there is, right? Like the, what Babette has produced is, is good. It's wholesome. Yes. Like that, you know, like they can't, they're, they're having a harder and harder time believing that there's any fault in this. Right. At least that's how I view it is that they, they're realizing that they're being fed spiritually. 
Yeah, at by the same this, time. Where they thought they were only going to be fed bodily. Yeah. And so that's when they start kind of loosening up and start... They don't say anything, but you see by their expressions. Yeah. And so they also, are, like, they this is... They are true to their word. Yeah. That they're not going to say anything. Yes, but still. But they do ask for more on certain things, yeah. and they do enjoy it. Yeah. In a way they weren't. And they start being cheerful. And cheerful, and forgiving yeah. each other, and saying, like, oh, by the way, you know, like... We can, you know, kind of move past this. And yeah. Like, you know, talking to one another again like brothers and sisters. Exactly. Yeah. And it's it's mid-meal that Lawrence stands up and gives a speech. And I think that's very interesting to have this format in the movie um, where the meal starts by singing. There's prayer. There's the meal. There's a speech, and then there's a blessing. Yeah. Which is... It's very liturgical. A liturgical service. Like, that is... It's, it's very much in that in that format. And so, what, what Lauren says, he stands up, and he says, Mercy and truth have met together. And this is a saying from the Father. So, this is a, right. a meal of remembrance. So, he is, is saying what the old reverend had said. Uh, so mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and bliss shall kiss one another. So this is Lawrence with this, his interpretation now and his understanding after eating this meal. Mm-hmm. Man, in his weakness and short-sightedness, believes he must make choices in his life. He trembles at the risks he takes We do no fear, but no, our choice is of no importance. There comes a time when your eyes are opened and we come to realize that mercy is infinite. We need only await it with confidence and receive it with gratitude. Mercy imposes no conditions and lo, everything we have chosen has been granted to us. And everything we rejected has also been granted. Yes, we even get back what we rejected. For mercy and truth are met together. And righteousness and bliss shall kiss one another. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. There is... So you have the Ecclesiastes conundrum of whatever you choose is the wrong choice or like you don't even make choices right he's he's right. saying like so what is he saying is is there no free will we don't make our own choices yeah he he's saying like you know you, you <coughs> he's saying you believe that you have so much control over your over your life and you you stress about it and you mm-hmm. fear all the choice and you're like oh this is the pinnacle choice this is I, I keep using the word pinnacle for some reason I, I don't like mountains all that much this is <laughs> but like this is the choice that's going to catapult me into a new life direction right? yeah 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 this is the moment uh and then and then no your your choice wasn't that important because god will fulfill his plans yeah for your life no for, matter what exactly and i find it amazing that it, there comes a time when your eyes are opened i think that means the meal opened his eyes yeah it is the meal that opened his eyes and 
you realize that mercy is infinite. So through the meal, he sees the mercy of God. Mm-hmm. And so you need only await it with confidence and receive it with gratitude. So again, there's that thankfulness that God gives us his mercy and we respond in thankfulness. Yeah, and that's the only only way you can respond is that thankful yeah. joy. And that mercy imposes no conditions, right? So then you can say like, oh, you know, you have to respond in thankfulness. That's your condition. Well, he's saying, no, mercy imposes none of that. You just will. Yes. Right? Like that's you. you that's that's the response to having mercy And you, you just have, you have the you. confidence that there will be mercy. Mm-hmm. And then you have the gratitude when you receive it. That's right. Um, and everything we've chosen has been granted to us. And everything we rejected has been granted to us. And so he rejected Martina, he rejected this life, and yet here he is back full circle receiving it in a more beautiful, wonderful way yeah. than before, he... which makes me think that he is, in a way, the prodigal son. Okay. Yeah. Because he was, unlike Pepin, he was part of the community. Yeah. He almost got married to Martina if Martina's father had allowed it yeah and then he rejected it and he's like okay and then he when he's come back it is more fully to him like he understands it more fully and treasures it more yeah so that's where i think he's he's a prodigal son and he is preaching to them now yeah he is the son returning and that he has he's now preaching to them and saying this is the, the mercy and the truth, the righteousness and bliss. Like, this is what it always meant all along. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And then I think his point is that the austere puritanism of, of agnosticism can't, doesn't work. It has to, to meet bliss, right? Righteousness. Yes, righteousness meet... and bliss shall kiss one another. Right. Like, you don't get more, like, connected. You don't connected. have one like, without the, the other. Yeah, and it's, like, it's a holy kiss, too. Like, yeah. that's what I think of right away with that. The, you, you have this, what's the what's the word that you taught me? It's not dichotomy. It's not du- duality. It's... Equipoi. Equipoi. So, like, Martina and Philippa are themselves at equipoi. And so then you have... To hold intention to opposing thoughts. Yeah, and I, I think, too, like, the gifts that God has given them they see as as bad and they try to but it's not that simple but it's not but but... because they they also use it to their like you know philippa does serve the community with her singing so that's the thing what i want to ask really quick is do you think philippa should have gone with papan not necessarily i think there is one reason why she shouldn't have is that Papin lets it slip that he was excited about how much money she was going to make. Mm-hmm. He's telling her, everybody's going to love you. You have to use your voice. It's a beautiful gift. And then when that's not really convincing her, he does the last grab of, well, you're going to make a ton of money. Do you realize? Mm-hmm. I'm super famous. I will make you super famous. You're going to make yeah. lots of money. And I, I think that's kind of like the final red flag. Yeah. Uh, and Papin understands it later in life. Yeah. That it wasn't right 
for Philippa to do that. But I think it also is wrong for her to downplay her abilities. Well, yeah, and then that's that's the thing where all those things have to be taken into consideration. That's why they were kind of like framed that with uh, his speech with answering the question like, is vanity of vanity is all is vanity? It's like the answer to that is wisdom, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's the thing too. Like she made a choice. Yeah. Uh, vanity of vanities. Guess what? That choice didn't really matter. So I ask you yeah. that question as a trap. Dun yeah. dun dun. I did okay. You did. You did fine. I yeah. gave you the answer. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. You did great, sweetie. Uh, no, so that, that's again like Lauren's point. It's like Martina can regret that she didn't marry Lawrence, but he came back, right? And Philippa can regret that she didn't go after her singing. But that also, too, comes back to her. Because after the meal, she sings again, and it's, like, she's, I don't know, she's enjoying it more, almost. Like, it's, she sees herself as serving the community. She's... Yeah, and it's not... And everybody is enjoying what she's bringing forth, and it's... Mm -hmm. So, it's, it's interesting, like, how Lawrence is basically saying, like, those decisions in your youth didn't really matter. Not in the way that you thought they mattered. Yeah. Like, yeah, they, they play themselves out, right? There's repercussions for your decisions, right? They didn't, yeah. they didn't get married and didn't have children and so on. So right. that didn't happen. Yeah. But that's not something to be regretted because it's not ultimately the big point of, of those, of life. Yeah. Should we finish off the Lawrence plot? Yes. Because what happens at towards the end is that you kind of have you have Martina and Lawrence and they kind of ha- they have to be reconciled. Not, I I would say reconciled. It's not like there's bad blood, but like you have to finish that relationship. Mm-hmm. And Philippa and Babette kind of run par- like run together as well uh, because they're the artists, mm-hmm. right? At the end of the meal. Lauren says goodbye, and he says to Martina, I have been with you every day of my life. Tell me you know that. You must also know that I shall be with you every day that is granted to me from now on. Every evening I shall sit down to dine with you, not with my body, which is of no importance, but with my soul. Because this evening I have learned, my dear, that in this beautiful world of ours, all things are possible. So I feel like this complicates things, doesn't it? Because we're, we keep talking about how you have to have like the heavenly brought down to earth, right? Because it's mm-hmm. it's one it's 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 still separated, but there are still good things that God has made on earth, right? And now Lawrence is saying, "Well, my spirit is with you," mm-hmm. which again I think spirit is important. My soul is yeah. with you. And again, Lawrence was of the world. So I think there's that coming together of right, Lawrence was that, of now the world. That balancing so out. now as he's balancing out and he's understanding of of the, the Holy Spirit, of being, you know, connected spiritually with someone. Right. Whereas to him, he was only really after Martina, kind of in a base way. Like he did love her. Right. And he's like, oh, God proves his love to us through this beautiful, beautiful woman. But then when it doesn't go his way, he rejects all of it. That's right. But now he understands 
the the coming together of both. So now he is united with her in in his soul because all things are possible. So it really doesn't actually complicate things. It, it actually complements it does. that whole point yeah. of there is there is a meeting of, of two things and held I, in proper balance. Yeah, and I, I think the, the key word at the end is that in this beautiful world mm-hmm. of ours, all things are possible. Yeah. So it is the beauty that is the witness to how God makes all things possible. Exactly. You know, because they're in the world, but he sees now that there is there is more than just the world. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. Nothing to add to that. Cool. Okay, so now now we got to go on to Babette, Babette and... and Philippa because the the meal is over, and uh, Martina's there as well. Everybody's left. And aren't they basically saying that, like, thank you very much for the meal. Um, we're going to miss you. Mm-hmm. And then she says to them, well, I, I'm not going to Paris. Yeah. And they're, and they're shocked. I'm staying here. And she says, there's no one for me there. Mm-hmm. Which means that she's made a new family. This is her new family. So, because they're like, oh, what about your family? She's like, there's not really anybody there. I have this here. Like, there's there's people here for me. I have this community. I don't have anyone in Paris. But then he, she also says, um, that meal that I just served for you, I think it's 12 people. Yeah. Which is, you know. Significant. Pre- pretty significant there. Uh, you know, 12 people. And, uh, you know, for that meal for a party of 12 it cost 10,000 francs yep so she gave all her money for this meal so that's a great sacrifice yeah so she sacrifices all of that and they're horrified they're like you shouldn't have done that yeah like, that, that wasn't like a great meal but it wasn't worth that like you didn't have to give everything yeah. for us and she's like, and she's like, now you're still like poor. You're still in your same situation. Yeah. Right. Because there's there's a way like, and this is the the beautiful thing about food. I, I what I love about food at least is <laughs> is it seemingly doesn't have any lasting effect. Oh, it's right? very temporary. Because because she made this tremendous meal. She spent all her money on it, and what does she have to show for it? Now she's poor. She's in the same situation she was in prior she, to prior yeah. to. Yeah. And people are going to be hungry the next day. You know, like, no matter how glorious and sumptuous your meal is, you're, you're going to need to be fed again. Yeah. Uh, it's like music that way. It dissipates yeah. so quickly. Yeah. And and this is uh, Babette's response, though. It was not just for you. An artist is never poor. I was able to make them happy when I gave of my very best. Papin knew that. He said, throughout the world sounds one long cry from the heart of the artist. Give me the chance to do my very best. And so Babette, this is kind of like her swan song. Like this is her final, like this is, you know, this was her one chance to, to do the best that she could do. Right. 
Uh, she's for, she's looking, for them for them, and yeah. she's looking at it like I'm not going to get the opportunity to do this again. Exactly. Um, but I I think it's so striking that an, an artist is never poor as long as an artist can can make. So and that's and I think that's for Babette. Which too. Is, like, it's it's so funny because we're doing this in connection with uh, Ratatouille and mm-hmm. right yeah like uh, you know uh, what, what's that line with Ratatouille but like. Um, Food always comes to those who love to cook. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's kind of the same vein where you're always you're always going to be happy as an artist as long as you have that ability to create. Yeah. Yeah, like and and if the artist does not create and 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 do his best, then he dies. And that's what Babette is basically saying like if right. I don't do this, I'll wither away. I will wither away. And we were saying, like, if the community does not forgive and love, it dies. Yes. And if the artists and the community don't come together and fulfill its calling and act in faith, it dies. And respond in gratitude. And, and because yeah. of this feast, things do change, right? There is true mm-hmm. reconciliation with people in the community. So you actually can't say that nothing's the same. But it's, a, it's subtle. Yeah. And that's where this is what tops our list of I mean, besides the excellent filmmaking and the acting and the, how they understand the food and how they present the food, and it's it's hard for us to talk in a in an audio medium the way that they shoot the food, right? Uh, because food is a lot more visual. Like you know, I could rattle yeah. off a recipe, but it's not as exciting for when you actually see it, right? But that. It's a movie about the Lord's Supper. And it's about how you can go through all the motions of faith and you can go through the motions of the Lord's Supper and not be fed by it. Because yes. that's where they're at in the beginning. Because they perverted it. Because they don't... It's almost like they don't want to be fed by it. Yeah. It's almost like they, they've just debased everything and tried to remove themselves in an amazing movie that hopefully someday we'll talk about, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Yeah. That hilarious scene where Robin Williams is like the, the king of the moon or whatever he is. And yeah. he's and it's all about the philosophy of detaching your brain from your body. Right. And he's like this floating head, but he also has a body. Yeah. And so he tries to be as detached as he possibly can. Yeah. But like he keeps being brought back to his, his body, base which, body. His base body, which he hates and he tries to separate, but then people like... Yeah. Things bring him back to his body, and it's really hilarious. But it's, it's kind of something we try to do, though, as we as we try to separate. But I'm like, we have bodies, and like we're we embodied minds. Yeah, you can't you can't separate it. Yeah. But they're they're trying to separate it, and so they're they're not being fed in, in joy. Uh, they're they've kind of lost that righteousness and bliss coming together, and it's when. Babette shows them what the Lord's Supper is really about. So you have the 12 there and you have it presented in a very liturgical way. Right? Like I said, you have the singing, the prayer, the meal, the speech, the blessing. Yeah. So you you have the wine and you have the food all together. That's when people are actually fed by it and they forgive and it's a meal of remembrance. And you have all of these were there bringing it together and then it finally clicks 
It does click. But it, it doesn't just... mean that it ends there. And that's the thing that we were saying earlier, is that it's it's temporary, but it does change them. Yes. So Life it... goes on in the same way, but it's different now. Yeah, because you wouldn't say you have the Lord's Supper once in your life. Right. Right? And you're good. No, it has to be habit. The living habitual. out of that. Yeah. So I think that's the, the curious thing about it, that they portray very well, that it's... Things are completely changed. By the end of the movie, but they're the same. Yeah. <laughs> and that's... I mean, actually, in a, in a different way, with, with a different message, I feel like Big Night ends that way as well. Yeah. And, and that's where, like, with art and with, with... Especially with food and, like you said, especially with music, it is a fleeting moment. Of. And you're just trying to bring that that one moment of joy and exaltation. Mm-hmm. And by doing so, it changes your future and your past. Yeah, and the, at the very end, you have the community singing together. Yeah. You know, which is... Singing is like incense rising up. Like, it's, it's that glorified speech. It's... So, it's, like, their, thanks, it's, their it's thankfulness... It's creating music, but you're, you're the instrument. Mm-hmm. In response to this, Philippa gives... Babette uh, a hug because how I interpreted Babette's kind of like like I said I've, I've done my swan song I, I've done my, my moment I can die happy yeah. in anonymity like she doesn't want the praise but she's like okay I'm not going to be able to, to perform my art to this level again and then Philippa says but this is not the end Babette I'm certain it is not. In paradise, you will be the great artist that God meant you to be. Ah, how you will delight the angels. Which is what Papan said to her about singing. Yes. So she is... So looking ahead... So it's, that's actually a good point. I hadn't looked at that. That, that Babette quotes Papan, and so does Philippa. Yeah. That's interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't quite noticed that. So, yeah, even though we don't see Papan at the end, he is still present. And I think Papan understands at the end. Yeah. Why Philippa didn't do it. And he understands as an old man what an artist actually is. I think Papan is the is the artist who gets kind of fumbles, like kind of. Yeah, well, he loses he loses his artistic drive in a couple ways, right? Because mm-hmm. he, he, he loses the desire to create and then. He ends up trying to create for the wrong reasons, like for money and so on, because that's yeah. what he's thinking about, and the fame and all the things that go with successful creation and, and successful art. Yes. But he's he's forgetting why you do it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Philippa r- realizes why she sings, and yes. Babette realizes why she creates good food. And then it looks again to the future, like we were talking about, how you... It's it's that that righteousness and bliss meeting, right? Because we just had yeah. bliss, and now righteousness comes in too. Mm-hmm. Because it's not that it's bad to look forward to the new Jerusalem, but it's that yes. looking forward too. It's because it's, it's because you have the first fruits here, mm-hmm. and you can see it here and now, and it's, it's going to be so much more later on. It's not that it's so so bad here. It's you the, just know how much better it's going to be, right? And that you're going to have a lifetime, like as an artist, that you get to look forward to a lifetime of of perfecting and doing your best. Mm-hmm. You know, of, of that continuation of, of growing. I was doing a little bit of research for this, and I stumbled across a, a YouTube video. 
And they interpreted this as Philippa still not getting it. Right. Uh, that you still have Babette saying, I'm the artist. I, you know, the, the sensual pleasures of, you know, earth. And Philippa is still like, well, I want just the new, new Jerusalem. Right. But I, I interpret it more in the middle. I, I think it is that coming together. You have Lawrence coming together to say, there's this spiritual level where I was in the world. And now you have, you know, Babette kind of, mo- like, kind of a little bit sad, perhaps. Or just saying that I will never be poor and all I want to do is my best. Right. And Philippa encouraging her, saying, you will, you will continue to be able to do that. And, like, you will... You are so good that you will make the angels ha- happy yeah. when you get to heaven. So I, I don't really take it as her not getting it, but I don't know if that's how you took it. No, I took it in the way we just described where it is, is those two things meeting, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's understanding that things do go on and this isn't just it mm-hmm. and that when you have a proper understanding that this is not just uh, in a base world, like mm-hmm. is something to be rejected, but something to be embraced in the sense that it is still created by God and that we can enjoy what he has given us. But at the same time, looking forward to that new Jerusalem. Yeah. Well, I think it, it's, it's trying to show that God created both. Exactly. He created heaven and earth. Yeah. Right. And so that's where, you know, they're kind of fragmented and only heaven or only earth, but it's, it's both. Yes. And that's how you get peace and joy and truth. We hope you have enjoyed the Ducks Never Waver lunch break. If you would like to fill your senses with more Ducks Never Waver goodness, you can feast your eyeballs on Instagram and Facebook. Touch some of our beautiful pieces that we will ship right to your door by ordering them through Etsy. Or you can continue hearing us on this magnificent culmination of auditory recordation. Donation buckets are in the description for you to invest in the betterment of this podcast. We will work diligently to read and present interesting topics. Your hard-earned money will be joyously and gratefully spent to improve your lunch break. Want to keep your hard-earned money? And who doesn't? You can still support us and yourself by rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing this here podcast with all the other ducks in your life. Stay quacky.